0: Hello. Welcome
1: to Dream Screamers
0: Podcast. I'm Josh. And
1: I'm Emma.
0: And today we're gonna talk about
1: Dreams.
0: Dreams, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna talk about dreams. It's uh no, it's not changing. It's always gonna be that.
1: There was a little moment of uh expectation where I was like, ooh, what are we talking about? Bated (laughs) breath.
0: Um and I'm gonna go first if that's okay with you, just because I've started talking first. Uh, First of all, how are you doing today?
1: Oh, I'm doing great.
0: Good. Uh, Off day, no work today?
1: Yeah, no work today. Haven't done any school work yet, so my brain is fresh and I'm ready to talk about dreams.
0: Waste your brain on our podcast before you go do schoolwork. (laughs) So uh, I've had a good day. Woke up early, went to the gym, came over here, drank some water. Did some recording and then we'd go home and work on moving some more.
1: Oh, so. I didn't mention that I drank some water. If we're, if that's like notable. Yeah, we that's need to report our. There's people at
0: home that really care about what fluids go into our body. Ew, what fluids it? come out of our body? Ah, that's yeah. worse. Yeah, that's way worse. Okay, <laughs> so uh, I got another two parter for y'all because that I rarely have one long epic. Um, so the first part of it, it was uh, definitely a video game dream, as so many of my dreams are. And uh, I have these anxiety dreams where I'm trying to get away with murder. And, mm-hmm. well, I've already murdered someone. I'm not, I've succeeded in the murder. Um, yeah. And I don't feel guilt about it. And rarely is, like, the subject of the murder the focus. It is always the anxiety of getting away with it. Just the
1: it. logistics of hiding your crime. Yeah, yeah. Not and the shame of it. it anyway. will,
0: and it's what will people think of me when they catch me. And I think these evolve from, like, doing something, whether it's small or big, in my waking day, where... I feel any amount of guilt, and then my brain's like, oh, you murdered someone? <laughs> and just takes it all the way. So I'm in this very futuristic city. I've been consuming a lot of sci-fi things lately, so it's not shocking. And everything's neon and slick and chrome, and it actually kind of looks like the inside of a pinball machine in its oh. in its aesthetic. So I uh, I get out of whatever building I committed this crime in, and I get into... A round vehicle, and I start to pinball around this world. Okay, so, so
1: it's a sphere. You're inside of a. It's pinball. like a spherical
0: car type thing. Is it thing. chrome? Uh, like it was red, and it kind of looked like a prize bubble from uh, a 25 cent coin machine. Oh, okay. Yeah, capsule it looks like toy. one of those, a capsule toy. Anyways, so I get in this <laughs> capsule toy, and I start pinging around with the idea that I'm trying to get away, but I have no control. And it's very sketchy and stressful because I know I want to get away, but I am not in control of my direction and location. Eventually, I end up in this um, kind of like a bathhouse. It is just an endless, it's almost like, it looks like a bathroom in like a country club or like a nice hotel or a I've nice gym. I've never
1: been gym. in one of those, so...
0: It's way cleaner than your bathroom is, but there's more stalls and showers. And you walk in the door, but everything is white. There's no not white stuff. It's all porcelain, and it extends infinity. Hmm. And so I find myself running through this endless bathroom, um, getting lost, getting disoriented, and, and that was the end of that part of the dream. What
1: happened to the body?
0: Who knows? Maybe it was found in next week's episode. You just
1: escaped from this. You know, yeah,
0: tonight. maybe I die in this endless bathroom.
1: Hmm. Let the punishment suit the crime. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i left my pinball car outside sometimes my notes are so funny yes, grandpa is there but he's in a different room and he's fine
1: What if my notes is just muscovy duck and i was like i don't remember yeah, what that yeah. was
0: so the next part of my dream i'm at a party in a rundown apartment i'm frequently at parties in my dreams i miss parties i like parties i used to be kind of a party animal
2: party
1: guy
0: so it, it appears in my dreams a lot um i'm there with my brother Uh, which is nice because we're pretty close and we're hanging out and then all of a sudden he leaves with some girl as I wrote so clearly I didn't like her very much and Mm -hmm. I was bummed that my brother was leaving the party and I'm stuck at the party because he was my ride yeah and I don't think I liked this party very much especially because it started to rain and it was ice cold and it came straight through the ceiling of the apartment that we were in Um, yeah destroying everything everything just instantly became gross and mildewy people were bummed out Uh, My cat was there, my boy cat, John Ralphio. Oh, did you
1: shield him from the rain? I think I tried.
0: My cats show up in my dreams all the time, (laughs) and usually they're like a thing I'm trying to protect. My grandpa was there. Um, He was in the other room, and I have in my notes that he was fine, so I guess he either didn't mind the rain, or in that room, the rain wasn't getting through. Um, After the rain stopped, I became friends with the people that were hosting the party, which is very like me in real life. And I stayed around to help them redo the property from this destructive, <laughs> acidic, cold rain that had happened.
1: Um, it's really nice of you for a party you didn't even like that much. No,
0: yeah. And I, I, it was the whole apartment complex. And I helped them redo things outside. And Turned it was into just a, a real
1: HGTV dream. Yeah,
0: extreme home makeover, whatever. Ty, Ty, Ty Pennington? Yeah.
1: Wow, you pulled, Move that from, that bus. <laughs> you pulled that from the recesses of your 2010 brain. Yeah, it's been brain. a while,
0: yeah, or, or even earlier than 2010. Or that really great episode of It's Always Sunny, if you've ever seen it.
1: Oh, that. yeah, they make her a taco bed, uh-huh. and then they burn the house down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Juarez family. <laughs> your lives are going to change forever. <laughs> All right, so that's that's that dream. And uh, it was a good one. I, I was glad I ended on a positive note, because I think if I woke up from that murder anxiety dream, I'd be a little bummed out, hmm. uh, dying in an endless bathroom.
1: Endless bathroom. Of, yeah.
0: So what you got?
1: One of the more recent ones I've had is the one I'm calling the Pokemon dream, which is relevant to you having played Pokemon over there for a while during the podcast.
0: Yeah. Not while we were working. I took breaks.
1: Yeah. You yeah. you stopped the flow of our work so you, could catch <laughs> so you can catch Pokemon on your phone. So you can catch Pokemon on my phone. <laughs> so this should keep you interested. This is about Pokemon. Um so in this dream, I specifically thought Pokemon. And I'm not like obsessed with Pokemon or anything. I've played a few of the games like on Game Boy.
0: Do you think we need to explain to anyone in our audience what Pokemon are? I
1: don't is there a person in this world who does not know what Pokemon is? I
0: don't know. If there's not, give it a Google and catch up with the times.
1: Yeah, I don't know where you've been if you don't know what Pokemon is. Fair it's enough. It's like, as to... ubiquitous as like Harry Potter. Yeah,
0: I honestly just wanted to hear you use the word ubiquitous. I saw it coming and I wanted to set you ubiquitous. up for it. Ubiquitous. Yeah.
1: Um, so Pokemon, but not as I recognized it because it was more kind of like you befriend the Pokemon and then they bequeath to you their powers. And you can only have one type of Pokemon power. So you can only be friends with like for example, I could only be friends with fire type Pokemon because I was like a firebender avatar type person. Okay, but my powers, like my moves, came specifically from the Pokemon, and like my bond with them. That sounds fun. It does sound fun. They were kind of like elementals. Um, so because I couldn't use different types of powers, I had like a group of friends who like we made a complete unit together, like it, a lot like Avatar, where there's like water, or fire, Captain Earth. Planet. Uh, or Captain Planet, sure. But I'm more familiar with the Avatarverse, okay. so I'm going to stick with that <laughs> idiom. Um, so I was the Fire user. Um, I had a group of friends who all looked like the Pokemon trainers from the games. you know, Little anime people, yeah. kids. Um, so we go to this theater where all of the Pokemon people are gathering for like a convention slash presentation from a corporation because... In the games there's a lot of like corporations that are central figures of the games and they're usually evil or something.
0: Yeah, not not to be trusted.
1: They're usually evil or developing some like MacGuffin for that game specifically. And this time it was kind of like mega evolutions of Pokemon, like super powered Pokemon. Yeah. Um, like supercharged Pokemon powers. So hoking they were a, like hooking
0: a battery up to your Pokemon. <laughs> car battery. Yeah,
1: giving them like a special stone that makes them like hulk out. Yeah.
0: Steroids for pokemon.
1: Um I think that was wasn't that the plot of like that first pokemon movie too. It was like they were making mega versions of
0: The first pokemon movie the evil dealt versions. with U2, Mewtwo, not U2. <laughs> Bono
1: Bono made a special guest appearance in that pokemon movie.
0: <laughs> Got to love your pokemon, guys. It's my Bono impression. Uh, anyways, yeah. Uh, yeah, there was evil Pokemon, and they had to fight the good ones, and then Pikachu cried. And, and... they were
1: all, like, genetically superior. Yeah, and a... they
0: had cool, dark tattoos. Yeah. Yeah, as all bad guys do.
1: So in this one, the evil corporations were, I don't know, it looked like a Lucario that shot lightning out of it. I don't remember what Lucario actually does. I think it's it was, a like, steel, fighting it's type. It's a steel
0: fighting type, yeah. yeah.
1: Um. And so everybody was like, wow, that Pokemon's really strong. Because they also spoke like they did in the anime.
0: (laughs) Sounds like a pretty solid dream.
1: Um, It was a pretty solid dream. And then the evil corporation was like, and I brought you all here today to eliminate all the competition. We're going to shoot lightning at all of you. (laughs) (laughs) And so all the Pokemon trainer, the little Pokemon 11-year-olds are like fleeing from the scene. And my friends and I are like hunched down in our theater seats being like, how are we going to get out of this? And we, like, sneak into the company and infiltrate them and befriend, like, a mega Bulbasaur who's, like, helping us out. We're like, okay, we got you. We rescued you. We got to go rescue all the others. Um, But they're on to us. They know we're there. And so they send out these giant Pokemon trainers.
0: Giant little anime kids? No, they're,
1: like, they look like Attack on Titan anime people with, like, bug catcher outfits on. Of course. They're, like mega monster like these beefy anime men and women who are hunting us like stomping through, through the this facility building. yeah and i think i'm shrinking like i just keep getting smaller and smaller until i'm like trying to like climb over a couch <laughs> like trying to climb through a couch cushion to like hide um oh, i dropped the that was so sad. I dropped the Bulbasaur and its like shell broke and its teeth fell out. And I felt like, oh really my bad. God. And I was like, well, I guess this has been
0: a real good times romp until now. We're not
1: friends anymore. Yeah. I've been having, like, a little last dream. I've been having kind of stressful dreams and it gets worse because to, to escape this giant trainer while I'm hiding, I make a golem version of myself, like from Hebrew mythology, yeah. like a mud and blood and bone. A
0: homunculi.
1: Homunculus. Yeah. So, um, the golem is a decoy that I'm still like perceiving consciousness through. Like I'm aware of what it is aware of and I feel what it's feeling, but since it's made of mud, it doesn't feel pain, but it does feel (laughs) when the giant trainer grabs my skull and starts biting through my skull and crunching and there's blood, warm blood running down my face. And my brain is Is biting into the homunculi or
0: is it biting into you? Biting into the homunculus. Okay. But you're feeling it,
1: but I am experiencing the unpleasant feeling of, something chewing on my brain while i am still conscious and alive
0: okay it's a danger in creating a homunculus
1: yeah but it all turned out well in the end because the those hom- homunculus and i survived and the homunculus was made of poison mud so that trainer will die and i will escape with my life good. and my the friendship of my pokemon
0: good to know if you're going to make a golem put poison in it so your enemies <laughs> if they try and eat it will die
1: It took a dark turn from a lighthearted
0: rock. Yeah, I was for a second, I was going to say you get dream of the day because that sounds like a good time. And then it turned kind of dark. Although I am, I don't want to say obsessed, but I am passionate about uh, Jewish mythology, especially involving golems because they are super dope. Cool. Cool
1: mud protector people. I've thought
0: about getting a golem tattoo for a while.
1: Wow. I want to see what that would look like.
0: It's just the Hebrew word for golem. Oh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Nothing more complicated than that.
1: Um... Yeah, so that was my dream of the week. Let's go to take a break.
0: And when we come back, we'll have our interviewer. We're interviewers.
1: They'll be the interviewees.
0: Yeah, we'll have an interviewee. Goodbye.
1: (laughs) All right, here we are at Dream Schemers Podcast. We've got a special guest today
2: this is joe say hi to everybody hello i'm joe it's nice to be here with you all
0: joe can you give us some stats whatever you want age hobbies pets so
2: i am 26 right yes i'm 26 i'm 26 (laughs) and a half um i don't have any pets sadly my roommate does which is great um yeah, my prom- pronouns are she and her. I love to hike. I love taking long walks in the woods. I love reading novels and hanging out in my hammock. I have a pretty uneventful life, but uh, uneventful is good. Exactly. Yeah. These days, I I will take uneventful.
0: I feel like we know exactly who you are as a person now, oh, and wow. yeah, just make all kinds of assumptions. I'm so honored. Thank
2: you. <laughs> I want to know more about this hammock. It's a, I have a hammock stand. It's way too big for our yard, but it works. Um, I bought it at the beginning of quarantine <laughs> nice. because I was like, if the parks are closed, I am not going to stop hammocking and it's my favorite reading spot. So it's a good excuse to just yeah, relax. Way to, and... way to follow your dreams. Oh, thank you so much. You ever take naps in that hammock? Oh, absolutely. I do. <laughs> Even if they're unprompted naps,
0: naps always end up happening sounds nice. It's been a while since I've been on a hammock. We should make a hammock podcast after we're done with this dream podcast.
2: We'd love to be on that as well. <laughs> Recording equipment
1: might be difficult, but I bet we could figure it out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I didn't think we'd be on hammocks for it. We'd just like talk
1: about hammocks, talk about hammocks hammock quality. want to be where the action is. We've got to be in the hammocks talking about hammocks. I want to
0: be where the hammocks are <laughs> every day of my life. Yeah. All right. Let's do what we came here to do today, and that is talk about dreams.
2: Let's do it.
0: So- Joe, Yes. You have dreams.
2: I do, thankfully.
0: Not just aspirations, but (laughs) visions that haunt you during your sleeping hours.
2: I have those too. Okay. Yeah. Dreaming has always been something that's been a very fun part of my life and something that I've been trying to understand for years. I was a psychology major. I have a bachelor's in psychology and dreaming was a big reason that, thank you. It was a big reason that I got into that. They were always just very very interesting to me, like the curiosity of it. And they always just seemed kind of mystical to me. Um, I didn't analyze my dreams earlier in life, but now thinking about some of the dreams that I still remember from those periods, I feel like maybe I should have. <laughs> um, so it just kind of it makes me want to be a little bit more intentional with my day-to-day life. I have a dream journal
0: um, on top of my regular channel. Big, big fans channel. Of the dream Yeah, journals. yeah I've noticed. Yeah. I love it.
2: <laughs> Um, but yeah, I've, I've always just been fascinated by dreams and listening to other people's dreams. My friends probably get annoyed with me sometimes because when they start to talk about their dreams, I just like, will push it along until they pretty much have to shut me up about it. (laughs) Hey, don't we know what that's like?
0: (laughs) We Um, did it so much. We had to start a whole show about it.
2: And and we're here to do that to you today. I'm super happy to be here with you... you all.
1: So you have more of like a formal education about dream analysis than we
2: do. Not, I would, I didn't take a class on dreaming or anything. Unfortunately, um, they didn't offer anything like that. Trust me, I, I looked, but <laughs> it was mostly um, classes that dove into like the symbology of the brain and understanding like self um, self interpretation a little bit more, which touched on dreaming, but nothing. No no core core classes on dreaming unfortunately, but it was just always something I was always curious about how the brain interpreted our thoughts differently individually. I think the individualism that comes out of dreaming is super neat and how everybody has something different to contribute. Um, so I I went with psychology for, for many reasons, but unfortunately the, the formality of it was lacking.
1: What kinds of things have you discovered about your own dreams then if you've been interpreting your dreams lately?
2: I like to Um, hook on to themes whenever I'm interpreting my dreams. Um, So I think that something that's helped me out a lot in journaling is seeing the commonalities that keep coming up um, which is something that I think all of the research from psychology helped me kind of hook on to a little bit more and understanding um, the technical aspects of it and just kind of keeping up with myself in that way um, and keeping like notes sometimes i don't interpret every dream that i have i don't analyze uh very much at least it was kind of something i got into in the past but i kind of just like to let it flow a little bit more now i think i was looking too far into it at one yeah, point some which are just was straight up messes exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so i think that can get a little bit muddy i was trying to put pieces together to a puzzle that wasn't really
0: the wasn't image a that i was
2: thinking yeah exactly so um I think interpreting dreams is something that I'm still kind of learning and something that I'm still understanding for myself because I think I, whenever I got into it, it was like way too concentrated and now I think I've kind of been a little bit diluted with it. So hmm. it's still a process. Yeah.
0: Well, and the the best person really, probably the only person you could ever practice true dream interpretation on is yourself because exactly. of that individual and subjective nature. Yeah. Cause like, I might be having a teeth falling out dream and having a great time. Oh man, are think that's the best. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like get get rid of all these teeth. <laughs> all guns. Them. Yeah. <laughs> and for someone else, that's usually an anxiety dream. But yeah. again, it's that, that symbology and that individuality to mm-hmm. the things that we dream about.
2: I think the connectivity between humans by dreaming is super, super fascinating. Yeah. Just the, what do you mean by connectivity? I think uh, just common dreams, like people having their teeth falling out and, um, I've gotten lost a lot in my dreams and I've talked to a lot of people who have said that they've, I've actually had recurring dreams where I was being lost in the same neighborhood. Yeah. I get lost in suburbs too. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: think that's definitely a suburban childhood thing. Okay, cool. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, So just things like that. I think it's a really cool way to relate to people and learn about people and also kind of like have a better understanding of yourself because maybe you're having a conversation with someone about their dreams and you're like, oh, I I never thought of it that way, which is just, it's just always been so cool to me.
0: Do you find that you mentioned neighborhoods and this is a thing for me. Do you find that you have more it, with recurring themes and stuff like that? Do you think you have more repeating locations or people or themes? What do you think you have repeating the most? Cause so for me, it's definitely location. Location is for me. You, definitely.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I didn't notice it until I started, I started dream journaling about two years ago. So who knows how long it's been a thing, but I've noticed in going back through some of my entries that I have a lot of dreams at amusement parks. Interesting, yeah, at theme parks. And I've never been. spent in a dream. (laughs) In a dream,
0: I've been in real life. It's
2: like Josh, you have to go cut the podcast. There's this thing called roller coasters, Josh. (laughs) Um, So I don't know where that comes from. It's something that's come up probably a dozen times since I've been journaling. That I just start. Well, I'll just be. I'll just. I'll start the dream at an amusement park, and I'll be with my friends, or I'll be with family and i'm either in line or i i'm completely at a place that i've never seen before i'm not sure what the amusement park brings i'm not sure if it's a i have a thing with crowds too i've hmm. noticed crowds in my dreams um, being around like strangers even in comfortable places like people like random people coming into my house very like mother energy if you all have seen the movie mother um it's great no, jennifer lawrence it, yeah.
0: allegorical who made it who directed oh. it? oh uh,
2: darren aronofsky no spoilers yeah, yeah no, no, we're not I, talking I,
0: about that. That's it, the but, one where
1: it's like the house is falling apart. And she's like, please, mm-hmm. like the sink is not attached yes. to the wall or something. Yes. She keeps saying
2: that. So yeah. I'm not sure if that stems from anxiety with people coming into the houses, but I've had so many dreams of just being around so many strangers. I also go to a lot of music festivals, so it might just be my brain being comfortable in crowds or maybe I don't know that I have social anxiety yeah, and, you don't like and my crowds. brain is not yeah. comfortable in get crowds. us out of here yeah exactly um i also am curious if it's because i spent so much time in theme parks whenever i was growing up so i think like maybe you know in inception they talk about like dream architects i think that maybe my brain was unconsciously making a map and it's just like amusement parks are just kind of weird my dreams tend to go We're back to sometimes yeah lot. it's weird yeah I'm always in my grandparents'
1: houses. Really? Or my parents' houses. I've never had a dream in this house that I've lived in for five years that, like, is my house. Yeah. And when I realized that, I tried to dream of, or, like, I'd been talking about I'm never in my own house. Why am I not in my own house? And then I had a dream where I was in, quote, my house, and it was nowhere that I've ever recognized. And I'm like, okay, I guess this is just, like, a blank space that I can't get into And You haven't lived
0: here long enough. It hasn't recessed deep enough into your subconscious yet.
2: (laughs) Yet, I guess, yeah, it's just
0: where I live. This ten, isn't my ten home. 10 years from now, yeah.
2: How strange. Like, your brain's trying to make up a place where you live when it's not, like, you're just like, I just want to dream in my house. And your brain's like, no, we're going to put you here instead. I don't uh. dream
0: of my current house, either. Yeah, I dream of a lot of houses I've lived in, a lot of my childhood home, my grandma's house as well. But, like, exaggerated, crazy. <laughs> so who's the guy? Escher, Escherian uh, architecture going on in them always.
2: nice interesting i would love to be in my parent my grandparents house in my dreams
1: (laughs) are amusement parks like where you said you're not sure whether it's like where you feel safe or where
2: you just like are used to being while you're asleep i feel comfortable at amusement parks because i've been to so many like i love thrill rides i love roller coasters um the fact i i don't want to bring up anxiety like i I have anxiety at theme parks it's just like the crowd the recurring crowd theme kind of gives me that like okay maybe maybe that's what's going on actually but Um, yeah, I think it's just a, it's a comfort thing for me maybe, or just somewhere where I'm, um, like being comfortable or just familiar. Um, and it's always just fun. Like sometimes dreams can be really scary, but also they can be really fun. So like if I'm riding a roller coaster instead of being chased by a zombie, I'll
1: take it. (laughs) Have you had a fun dream lately that you want to describe for us? Uh,
2: Sadly, (laughs) no, I have not. All of my dreams have been very intense lately. Um, very, um... How do I describe it? I've noticed since I've been reading through my entries over the last through this year that my uh, stress and anxiety has been manifesting through Mm -hmm. my dreams in very big ways sometimes. But most of the time, it's something very small. Like the other day, I had a dream that my inhaler was on zero just like little things like that so they've been a little um unpleasant in certain ways lately um but also it's interesting to be able to reflect on those things because there's some things anxiety wise that i feel like i could be holding on to maybe and if it shows up in my dream i'm like okay if i'm dreaming about it then maybe i should like take more direct effort to deal with it in real life Mm. you know um so pleasant dreams unfortunately not so much to report. I've had uh, some really crazy nightmares lately, actually. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. It's been nightmares for City. you guys. You never have nightmares to <laughs> you, Josh.
0: I don't have nightmares very often. Oh, um, good. Yeah, like maybe once every few months. And they generally are like short. I wake up yelling, kind of brief. I'm attacked by something. Ah, and then I wake up. But no, rarely. Even when I'm having what when I tell someone about it they're like that sounds scary I'm like yeah but it was cool and it was weird and like
2: I love that what, for you like like
0: yeah someone was trying to murder me but you should have seen what they were wearing and I was fine I knew <laughs> I was dreaming yeah
2: so. I'm uh, very willing to share one of the recent nightmares actually when I, after I had it I knew that there were plans to come onto the podcast with you all so I was like I have to write this That's one down one. to <laughs> make sure I was like this has to be thank the you one. yeah it's a very layered nightmare um it's kind of recency bias because I just watched uh, the last season of Stranger Things. So the villain in Stranger Things, I think is what guided the nightmare. Um, but basically I started out in this giant empty, what felt like warehouse. And I was with um, my best friend and my younger cousin. And we. I remember earlier in the dream hearing people have conversations about a figure or like a demon type villain that was um, entering people's dreams. And uh, impersonating people who were close to whoever was having the dream so they could get close to them, manipulate them and then do whatever they needed to do after that. I don't think it ever really got that far in the dream. But um, I remember hearing that earlier. And then later in the dream, I was sitting down against a wall with my cousin and my best friend came into the room. And with her body language and the way that she was looking at us, I could immediately tell that it was Uh. not my best friend. Um, So I was immediately terrified. To give you some imagery, she kind of walked like uh, like Crooked Man from The Conjuring 2, if you all have seen yeah, that. I, I've so seen it probably. Yeah. Um, kind of
0: like uh, the guy from The First Men in Black when he has the bus. Yes, yeah. precisely. Sugar, yeah.
1: More sugar And water. the, the water. limbs yeah. are kind of flailing <laughs> yeah. all about. Jerky. Yeah, exactly. Like, like a human puppet kind of. Yes. Oh, that's the perfect way to describe it. Spooky. It was terrifying. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah, that's um, why
2: they use it in horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> <Gross>. <laughs> it works. Yeah. Hey, horror movie writers, here's yeah. a tip. <laughs> um so yeah she started to make her way towards us and we were just screaming at the top of our lungs the entire time because i had no idea what was going on and then the next thing i knew i opened my eyes in real life in my bedroom and i was in bed and she so this kind of turns into like a lucid dream a little bit because i know i know for a fact my eyes were open in in actual time and she's staring at me from my doorway. She's <laughs> just she's just look She's staring right there, and she's looking directly at me. So I, I shake my head and I try to shake it off, and I close my eyes really hard, and I open them again, and I, she's not there anymore. But she is on top of my dresser, <gasps> on top of my record player. She's five eleven. She's like pushing so there. Yeah. So there's no way, like physically, that she would be able to do it. But the way that her body was contorted, she was kind of creeping me it's, out. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> It's very conjuring, I'm sorry. the yeah. first one. It's scary. It yeah. was really scary. And this does not, like, I really don't have nightmares that frequently. So this this really shook me. Um, but my eyes were open, and I was looking at, and we, have, uh, we had something on top of our record player. So what was really there, my brain was playing tricks on me, and it made it look like it was her. So they would be open and I would see her and she's still giving me direct eye contact. She's looking right at me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was not fun. So then I kept blinking and trying to focus. Um, and I would open them again and she would be gone. And then I would open them again and she would be there, but in a different position, still staring directly at me. And I could feel myself tossing and turning, trying to wake up, but I think I had sleep paralysis. It's like a little
0: touch of the sleep yeah. parries.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that sounds so lovely. It's not, yeah, it's
0: not, it's not scary. If you no call it a sleep parry.
2: Sure. Isn't. Um, but oh yeah, I, so I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. And she's just like, every time I blinked, she was kind of in a different position, just staring at me. And then I actually woke up. Um, and I talked to my partner after he woke up. And I asked him if he felt me tossing and turning at all. And he said that he was in such a deep sleep that he it could have happened. And he didn't know. But that's the wildest stream that I've had in the last probably months. It's like the roommate month. came in and danced on their record player <laughs> for a little bit, I didn't was, think anything of it. It was not a good time. That sucks, I'd, man. I've been thinking about it a lot since it happened, and I'm not trying to, like, dissect it or trying to understand, like, interpret anything. I think it was just, like, sca- the season of Stranger Things was mm-hmm. really creepy. And uh, I think my brain was having a little bit of fun with that. Um, that made it weird to like see her in your house in yes. real life? And you're like, ah. Yes. No. <laughs> whenever, whenever I told her about it, I gave her a warning. Like, I have something to tell you. I hope you don't <laughs> think that this is me thinking any differently of you. You're but like, I, I need to break my lease. Yeah. because <laughs> I can't live with you anymore. Oh man. Just don't
0: come in my room for a while. And it
2: freaked her out too. Yeah. Like just imagining her being it in that. Freaked me out. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry to scare you all, but like that's just yeah, that's several that's kind of what we've been working with lately. We've
0: hmm. talked about the hypothesis where your dreams are helping you deal with potential traumas. Yeah. And it's funny to think that your brain, your, like, your dumb lizard brain, was watching Stranger Things yeah. and it was like, well, someday we might have to get ready for some creepy dream monster who's going to take over our friends and was running you through this hypothetical drill in your brain. I like,
2: what would we do in that scenario? Yeah, just to yeah. keep
0: you ready. And apparently yeah. you just lay on the bed as a victim can never
2: be too safe I guess but would not want to do it again zero out of ten experience
0: but like
1: the way you became lucid and you were like I am awake and like and that's not real I know that's not real and trying to like shut it out that was the craziest part impressive that you weren't just like overwhelmed with panic because the visualization that you describe sounds awful you're a
2: dream
0: warrior
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah I don't know I've I've lucid dreamt in the past um, so I think maybe it gave me a little bit of a sense of calm it was not on purpose But, um, I think it kind of made me a little bit more familiar with it. So I wasn't as terrified, but I think I was just really trying to understand how I was still seeing her. Like my, my brain was still in dream mode, even though I knew for a fact that my eyes were physically open, which I don't think that's ever happened to me before, not that I can recall if it has, it was in a distant past, but I just thought that was so interesting. My dreams, like I said, they haven't been the most pleasant thing lately, but that's definitely the most terrifying nightmare I've had in the last, I would say couple of years.
0: Yeah, that's rough.
2: The brain's so
1: weird. It can just like generate images for you.
0: (laughs) It's like a deep learning machine in Mm -hmm. your brain.
1: We'll talk about that more later.
0: Yeah. Does that come up this episode? Yeah. Look at that. (laughs) Um, I did want to retcon earlier when I said I don't have nightmares that often. Sometimes, I would say more frequently than I have scary nightmares, I have like sad nightmares where like I'll wake up and be like, bummed or i'll feel like experienced a betrayed or i feel like a loss and i would i put that in the nightmare category because it's definitely not in like the fun dream oh it's unpleasant
2: yeah for sure yeah and
0: you that's a real emotion you feel it just as real as you feel the fear which is maybe my brain preparing me for some kind of loss hopefully not hopefully not i've just you know loss of
1: our ad sponsorship it's coming soon (laughs) yeah (laughs) we need
0: we need to record those ads soon
1: (laughs) have you been dreaming since you were a child like do you recall like a lot of your dreams like from childhood like or
2: i thankfully have i feel very fortunate that i've been able to remember my dreams throughout my life i know a lot of people who have never been able to recall any of their dreams are very select few so i've always felt very fortunate in that um but yeah i've i've been i was a very active dreamer as a kid i think it kind of allowed my imagination to run a little bit more wild than it maybe should have at times um but I was a very vivid dreamer like through adolescence I was constantly going to school with my friends saying like oh remember that conversation we had and they were like that never happened kind of blending of like real life and Mm -hmm. dream life it got a little disorienting for a bit I'm not gonna lie but it was also really cool I felt very fortunate that I was kind of living a second life in my sleep yeah you spend so much time asleep, so it's really cool if you can kind of make something out of it. And have your dreams changed in any noticeable way over your lifetime? Like, Definitely. What I mentioned earlier, just the the stress. And that that's been a recent thing that's come up. I think that just comes with being an adult. Whenever I was younger, my dreams were all over the place I listen to some of the dreams that you all talk about in your intro like <laughs> some of the dreams that you say I'm like I remember that like just crazy characters and like monsters or whatever you know it was my my imagination my brain used to create a lot more off the wall images than it does now I think my dreams are much more realistic now hmm. um, which isn't a bad thing either um, I think it's I can use it for my benefit most of the time like dream journaling i do a lot of reflection there i kind of use it as therapy sometimes like it's a really good way for me to kind of like turn in and see what how the gears are turning when i'm not actively turning them myself oh, so they yeah. definitely they've definitely changed yeah. oh thank you <laughs> they've definitely changed um but i wouldn't say they've changed for the worse or for the better they've just kind of adapted as, as my life has adapted to situations Cool. Wonderful. Thank great you. answer to oh, a great question, Thanks Emma. so much. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you for yeah. asking.
0: Two things you said that I really enjoy. One is that I I love having an imagination. I think it's like, it's, it's a thing that if you stop feeding it, it stops like reciprocating. Yeah. And like you said earlier, dreams are excellent fuel for that. Yeah, definitely. And, and I really love that. And dreams are therapeutic, especially yeah. if you pay attention to them. Yes, for sure. And it can be as deep as like overcoming trauma and as simple as I dreamt about muffins and I went out and bought muffins yeah. the next day. And I was
1: deep, You're still thinking about those muffins. Deeply, you mentioned
0: that several podcasts was, ago. Yeah. Okay. I can dream I could, I bought a Game Boy based on a dream. Have I talked about that one yet?
2: Did the muffins come to you in a dream? Josh? Yeah, every time them today. Every
0: time that I have dreamt about something and then, if it was feasible, immediately went and purchased it. It's like one of the most memorable, satisfying things. Because it's it's a subconscious want that yeah. you are like so keyed into you're like
1: i can make this dream come true yeah i mean i
0: can't always (laughs) fly or travel through time but i can buy some kroger muffins
2: yes Mm. i love that it's kind of like contributing to your
0: unconscious self in a way it's like my
2: unconscious self wants this so you know what we're gonna present it for tat maybe that's
0: why i don't have any nightmares because i feed my subconscious muffins
2: oh man i I love that i'm gonna start trying
1: that (laughs) i really like how you're talking about using your dreams to check in with yourself, Mm -hmm. like measure your internal state based on what your dreams are telling you. I think that's so cool. And like you you sound very composed and (laughs) able to like assess your emotions really reliably.
2: I appreciate that. It definitely didn't come um, easily. I think just I've been journaling them. I've been journaling for, for a long time. Um, my dream journal is separate from my regular journal that I do. But Can't get
0: those mixed up. <laughs> no,
2: I, I tried at first, and I was like, "This I is a disaster." A man yeah. and you're yeah. like, "This is gonna no. <laughs> no. <laughs> be admissible yeah. in court." No, we learned that very quickly. <laughs> like that is not a crossover that you want. Especially reading back, it can get so difficult sometimes. But that's definitely something that came with me reflecting and reading back on my entries. That wasn't really the intention that I had originally with it, but. Um, like you said, like kind of going through trauma and understanding that further through dreams. That's definitely something that I've experienced. I've relived a funeral in one of my dreams Aww. before, and it was terrible. Um, it was years and years after, but everything in the dream was exactly how it was the day of the funeral. And I woke up like bawling my eyes out. I had to call my best friend. I can still like that was that happened five years ago, and I can still like imagine the dream and how similar it was to the funeral. Uh, but after I got over the upheaval of emotions and the stress that came along with it i was able to see how the dream really served me in my like mental space and understanding things that i had maybe been holding on to from that period um, so it was definitely for the better even though it, at first it was it was really hard it was yeah, a really hard thing um, yeah but i never i mean i never would have come to those conclusions had it not been for the dream you know so i'm i'm really thankful for it thanks dreams thank you wow. yeah you really th- serve th- thanks sometimes thanks Joe's dreams yeah Serving really doing dreams. doing some work out here. What do you say? Do you say serving dreams? Yes, it's serving a, up ser- dreams. Ser- serving <laughs> up some dreams. <laughs> yeah. No, I love I love dreams for that. I think it's like a really cool way to understand what's going on with you. Um, if that's how you use it, that's not how everybody uses it. Yeah. That's not how you have to do it. But and don't I think feel bad if you don't have access to it. Exactly. Yeah. It's definitely a privilege. Um, I'm glad that my brain has worked out this way for me, though. I think it's done a lot for my emotional capacity and just like understanding how i feel about certain things my relationships and just the things that i've been through a lot of that comes back up in my dreams which yeah. is strange sometimes it's good
0: to demonstrate what you value too yeah, yeah. definitely at are least there, on a subconscious level sorry
1: sorry to cut in um are there characters or situations that you found or like shorthands for something that you're like oh this person is friendships or like this person represents like have you been able to draw those connections oh, like between symbols? things i love yeah. that
2: not actively no nothing comes up at the moment um i do have people in my life who are constantly in my dreams i dream i dream about my dad a lot my dad and i are very close so he he turns up a lot in my dreams but as far as no that's interesting i might start thinking about that now though like in, in my journal
0: I do you emma
1: well that wasn't just like a hook to Talk about, about it. I'd like to talk about <laughs> I'd like my be, symbols I'd like now. i like to be interviewed now. Interesting, but. Um,
0: <laughs> that sucks. No, it's
1: just something I've noticed recently since starting the podcast. Uh, I've been paying a lot more attention to dreams and journaling more frequently. And I've noticed that, like, um, like, the example I gave, like, there are people that show up that represent more than, like, what they are in real life, like... Um, friends that I don't talk to anymore or mm-hmm. like betrayals and stuff.
2: Like not that. Yeah. Not, none of that has ever risen up that I've ever consciously thought about. But now that you say that, I might, I might have to revisit some of my entries and see if there are any themes with that. Cause it, it makes sense. Also honestly. like I've had a lot
1: of lately, the theme of my dreams is body horror. Oh man. Um.
2: Yeah. And I've never <laughs> had that. I've never yeah. had that before.
1: I, the, I think the dream I talk about in this episode um, we recorded it a while ago, but like my head gets chomped by a giant. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> what does it mean? And then lately, it's like uh, lately all my bones a- got rearranged giants? by magicians and oh they gosh. like were using my body for sex.
0: My bones got <laughs> so arranged good. by magicians. Sounds like the best excuse to call out of work I've ever heard. <laughs>
1: You think they'd accept that?
0: Sorry, my bones got arranged by magicians. I uh, barely managed to pick up the phone. Can't come into work. Bye. Uh,
1: the blood mages got to me. I just. I think I'll be in next week, but yeah. not today.
0: I offended a wizard, and now I'm a lizard. No, I didn't mean to rhyme. Damn it. Rhyming tends to make things less funny, in my opinion.
1: I disagree. I think it makes your um, work excuse more believable if you if you give it in a couplet. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Here's a sonnet as to why I can't come in today, dearest manager.
2: Yeah, the manager's just like I don't know what to say to you, so okay. Yeah. <laughs> Josh was
1: high <laughs> and is not coming. Is not work. Gonna, We didn't want him driving.
0: Uh, to reel it, I don't know. Twenty seconds ago, before it got really silly, um, kind of talking about the symbol thing and what people represent. I don't know if you listened to, I don't know if you listened to Suzanne's episode, but on it she talks about how people in your dreams, if they're not like your dad or like Mm -hmm. someone you have an intimate knowledge of can represent different aspects of yourself that you're trying to come to terms with or deal with. Yeah, I love that one because sometimes I'll have dreams about people. I'm like, what are you doing here, guy from high school? But I'll be like, maybe it's because that guy was this and I am dealing with how I'm that way and I needed to interpret or see someone being that way and I couldn't deal with seeing myself be that way, but I can deal with seeing... Mike from the baseball team feel yeah, that yeah. way. Dang.
1: You can externalize it yeah, to someone ex- exactly. else. Exactly, mm-hmm. create yeah. some kind of physical representation. That's so like sense. safety for your brain, so you yeah. can analyze it without it being like
0: you. you. Uh, yeah, looking at you doing something, and then you just like turn inside out and throw up. Oh
1: yeah, Josh shows <laughs> oh up gosh. in my dreams a lot. Josh is like my dreaming self a lot. Like I'm not, I don't, I'm not as Josh, but Josh yeah, yeah. is usually there, and I think it's <laughs> like me trying to like tell myself that this isn't
2: real.
0: Yeah, look around, have a good time. <laughs>
2: Josh is like your uh, what do they call it Sherpa? No, what? No. The thing from Sherpas Inception are, that yes. you hold on oh, to yes. to check in with Totem. Sherpas <laughs> are people that guide people up Everest. <laughs> I was like where did that even Sherpa <laughs> did you just make that word up? <laughs> where did that even come from? Yeah, you need something to ground you. You need something to But that doesn't let work you know. cuz this is
1: like that's a real life thing True. that like I also spend time with. A real life person, Josh. Life I try person. and poke
0: my hand through my hand. That was the thing that you talked about, I think. Mm-hmm. In the dream? No, in real life, uh, frequently throughout the day.
2: Reality testing. Uh, reality uh-huh. testing. I will
0: try and push my hand through my hand. And it's only worked once. I've only had one dream where I've thought to put my hand through my hand. And it like didn't go through, but it did something weird. And I was like, I am dreaming. Oh. <laughs> and- Recently,
1: I had the opposite of that. What's Where, a, in real in life, real you thought you were dreaming? In real life, something bad was happening. And I looked around. I'm like, this could be a dream. And Yikes. I was looking around it for like, confirmation. And I'm like, that would be great if this was a dream. Oh my gosh, <laughs> and then I was like, like I oh, know. no, this is real life. And that has not <laughs> happened to me before. But I'm like... Bummer. But often in my dreams, I like will convince myself that it is real. I'm like, there's so much detail here. Why would I be doing this if it wasn't real? Yeah. Or like, why would I be shopping for furniture at Target in my bathrobe if... I mean... But I think I am, so this this has got to be real. (laughs) And then I wake up and I'm like, got it, got myself again. Or like, I looked in a mirror and I'm like, oh my, my nose doesn't look right. I think this is a dream. But I got the green hair right. That's that's (laughs) cool. That I remembered that I have green hair and I don't.
2: So cues yeah. like that conf- to, to confirm, myself. they confirm reality. I feel like they're very important sometimes. Whenever I have really intense deja vu, sometimes it definitely feels like a dream. Wow. Like it, it makes me like really assess my surroundings. <sighs>
0: that's say. a wild like, feeling. Yeah,
2: it is. It's also wildly fascinating and mystical, much like dreaming. Because <laughs> deja vu happens in dreams a lot too, right? Mm-hmm. Where
1: you're like, oh, I think this is going to happen because I've already been here before. Yeah. It's, at least
2: that's happened to me. Yeah. i yeah, definitely heard that happening to other people
0: as well. Probably good stuff.
2: I have a question for you all. Yeah. yeah. Do you?
0: That's totally allowed.
2: Thank you. Allow it. Okay, this time. <laughs> um, do you all ever dream that you're a work? All the time. Really? Yeah. Cool. I've done that for years now. And like a big thing for me is that I dream that I'm at my old job, which is wildly stressful. Mm. Um, But I think it's like the same thing we were talking about earlier, where your dream or your brain is creating like a schema or like a map of some sort. And I I was at that job for so long that like the first time I lucid dreamt, I was at that job, even though I'd been long gone for so many years. Well, what did you do
1: in your lucid dream when you were at work and realized you didn't have to do what you were supposed to? I was
2: working. And then... (laughs) And then I uh, all of these people started flooding in and I can't remember what what jogged my brain to think that it was a dream. I don't know. I think it it might have been that I was having a conversation with somebody that I'd had prior and their response. I can't remember what it was specifically, but it just like made me question if it was reality or not. Um, And then I was like walking around the dining room of where I was working and my best friend was there. She was with some guy that I'd never seen before and he had a kid that I'd also never seen before. So I was like, this definitely isn't real. So I sat down in the booth that she was in and I talked, I looked at her and I remember exactly what I said. I said, I said, this is a dream. I said, (laughs) I said, none of these people are real. These are all projections of my subconscious. Hey
0: i am the master she, of my own destiny no it was say to that? it
2: was so wild she was like no it's not oh. she was like yeah she was very denying and she Stop was like intriguing. no she was like i'm right here like how, how can any of this be fake i was like sika you are not here i was like you are not here right now i'm not here none of these people are here and i like kind of started to freak out for a second because you know i never lose a dream before i've never been like in wow. control or aware that i was in a dream so the only thing that i knew how to do was to figure out uh how i got there um because I didn't remember showing up. I was just, you know, in the dream and I was just at work. So I went out to the parking lot and I looked around for my car. The parking lot was packed, but I knew I didn't see my car. So I was like, there's no way that I drove here. Oh, um, you did a little. I did. That I, little I, I, thing. I That's the only thing I knew how to do. I didn't know how to manage anything. I was kind of freaking out. So I didn't see my car. I laid down on the sidewalk and I closed <laughs> my eyes and I woke up
0: wild wow. it was yeah.
2: weird yeah it was also a nap dream and nap dreams will get you some nap nice. dreams are pretty <laughs> yeah they're so pretty hot and, and
0: heavy they, yeah. they, so, they hit hard
2: yeah i woke up from that nap not even knowing what day it was I'm Just lie down
0: for 30 minutes yeah. and wake up and like where yeah. it's been 10,000 <laughs> yeah, years seriously we built a city if i could lose a dream every night i would give up both my pinky toes
2: easy so you need your pinky toe bro
0: i could learn to live without it oh, i could get a both little metal pinky one toes? both pinky joe you tell me every single night you could lucid dream. You could do whatever you wanted Wait, in your mind. But you don't for- have
1: to give up anything for that because uh, here's a little anecdote. My uncle has a strange brain. Hey, and shout out. He's a listener of this podcast. Shout out, <laughs> uncle. Strange brain uncle. Um, He trained himself in the last 15 years to lucid dream every night between the hours of 2 a.m. and 4 a.m. to get work done because he felt like dreaming was um, not as productive as it could be. So he like wrote proposals and did like presentations in his dreams and then when he woke up they were just ready to go and he's been wow. living
0: fine without his toes right
1: <laughs> no he didn't have to make any deal with a toe a toe, a, a a toe, toe devil
2: <laughs> he's a little bit more no, fortunate so than you know
1: us. with practice it can be done um you know this has been 15 years of this so still going strong some serious dedication I and later that. in life which is unusual you get to do for every night vivid dreams yeah
0: we should get so Uncle cool. Strange Brain on here sometime.
1: We'll call him Uncle Brian from now, because Uncle Strange Brain sounds a lot like a Dr. Strange... I Doctor think Uncle strange, strange Brain
0: sounds cool as shit. <laughs> Uncle Strange a new sounds, band name, call it. It sounds like a nice term for mental illness from like, the Victorian era. Like, oh, he has strange brain. <laughs>
1: just like he has a very analytical brain. I'm impressed yeah. with anybody who knows what time it is when they're sleeping. He says he can take time naps, too. Like he'll say, He doesn't set alarms. He says... I'm going to wake up in 20 minutes, and he does.
0: That's incredible. That
2: is. I'm flabbergasted by that. So That's I want to so learn cool. that skill, too. Your
0: flabbers yeah. are gasted.
2: Truly. <laughs> Gast your flabbers, Gassed everyone. your <laughs> flabbers. My mind is boggled <laughs> by that.
0: <laughs> Gast your flabbers. Yep. Did we meet your expectations?
2: Oh, absolutely. Okay. Exceeded, of course. I didn't really have any expectations, but this was... This was awesome, super wonderful. It was great talking to you. Thank yeah, you. You're one of our
0: top five guests we've had.
2: Oh, I'm so honored. <laughs> thank you. No, thank you for having me. I feel like I'm gonna wake
1: up in the middle of the night and be like, oh, I should have asked Joe about that.
0: Yes. <laughs> By the way, top five guests we've ever had is gonna become an, an increasingly great accolade. The more people we have on, right now, it's a silly thing I'm saying because we've only had five people. But I'm gonna get myself once a we're in the twenties, hundreds. You're you're yeah. you're locked in, yeah. in the yeah. top five. We're gonna
1: send you like a, a commemorative plaque, yes. like they do
2: <laughs> for <laughs> YouTube subscribers. Dream schemers. Top five. I'm going to put that great. next to my diploma. All right. That's going to carry a lot of weight someday. Yes, Some absolutely.
1: <laughs> it already does for
2: me personally.
1: <laughs> so lovely interviewing you. You've been a great guest Thank and you. also a very fun fan. I love talking to you about
0: dreams and the stuff.
2: Dreams. Yeah. Thank you all so much. This is yeah. so great. I'm Thanks so happy to be here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for
0: showing up. Now wake up, Joe. It's been a dream this whole time. No,
2: oh, no, not again. You got to wake up
1: from that nap and do this whole thing over again. I hope it's just as good.
0: <laughs> gas your flabbers.
1: <laughs> All right, everyone. This has been a lovely interview with Joe. Yeah, Go it gas has. Gas your flabbers and then come back and listen to our Dream Museum.
0: Hi, Emma. Hi, Josh. Are we going to go to the Dream Museum today?
1: Yeah, I hope you brought a sack lunch, a um, little backpack, maybe some notes. What do you usually bring to a museum with you?
0: Um, Like a Gatorade and some trail mix in my pockets, loose. Loose trail mix. <laughs> loose trail mix in my some
1: pockets. The, some fuzzy M&Ms. Yeah, I don't
0: want to be giving off any strange silhouettes that they might think I brought in snacks and then charge me at the gift shop. So just loose nuts and dried fruit.
1: OK, so the same things you bring to a movie theater.
0: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. You go those,
1: everywhere like, with that Gatorade, don't you?
0: I like a Gatorade. I buy into the. I'm a. I'm. I'm brand loyal to Gatorade.
1: Hey, Gatorade, sponsor us. Yeah,
0: Powerade, get the hell out of here.
1: Are I think owned by the same people?
0: I don't think so. That feels like.
1: Like a monopoly.
0: Yeah, yeah, that feels like I've been deceived. If they are, anyways, we've got our snacks. I've got my. This is a Gatorade podcast sign. now. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about our favorite electrolytes.
1: All right. So we're well hydrated and we're on our way to the Dream Museum. And today we're in recent Dream Science. Okay. And it's the
0: developing wing.
1: Yeah. It's in the past uh, year or so, May 2021, there was a paper published that I got really excited about, even though it's a topic I don't know anything about. And that is um, data science. What do you know about computers?
0: That's a big question. OK,
1: what do you know about deep neural networks and deep learning?
0: Uh, a little bit. I mean, uh, most of what I know is tied to like the AI art and that kind of learning generation thing. Also, I really like the show called Devs that's about quantum computing and machine learning and that kind of thing. Ooh,
1: I should watch that. Oh,
0: it's extremely good. And it's one of those that keeps it guessing. Nick Offerman's in it. Oh, nice. Playing a serious role, which is always fun. Is, almost, he, almost is he braiding. good at Sirius? Yeah, oh, he's great at Sirius, yeah. I
1: only can imagine him at he's very sad Ron Swanson. He's a
0: sad man. Yeah, so those are the things that I know. I know that someday we're going to hit an event horizon. Computers will be smarter than us, and Skynet. They
1: might already be. This is the first time I've looked into any sort of deep learning stuff just to understand this paper, and it's amazing. And I think the machine apocalypse is going to be upon us pretty soon. Cool. So this idea... Okay, the paper is The Overfitted Brain, Dreams Evolved to Assist in Generalization. Uh, The author is Eric Hole, who is a very interesting young man. Like, he's under 30 now, I think. Or he was recognized as, like, an emerging scientist before his 30s.
0: He's one of those prodigies.
1: Yeah, he has a fiction book published called The Revelations About Consciousness and... um, neuroscientist trying to solve a murder mystery that sounds really in a cool. yeah in a world that's like maybe not what it seems love those um so all in all he's a guy that makes me feel like i haven't done much with my
0: life <laughs> sure we have a podcast
1: <laughs> yeah okay we got a podcast yeah. we got a podcast and if eric hole wants to come on that podcast after he hears us mangling his research to come and correct us like please yeah. shout out reach out to us um So it was published in Patterns, in the the scholarly journal Patterns, in May 2021. So his idea is a new hypothesis that dreams are weird on purpose. They're for the purpose of injecting weirdness into your life to keep you from getting stuck in a rut in your boring day-to-day life. Okay. It's based on understanding deep neural networks. So let me give a little background on that. Yeah, so it's,
0: I mean, so... Before you give background, from what I'm understanding, my understanding of the words you just said is that this theory, this hypothesis is based on observing deep learning neural networks in computers instead of observing human brains. Yeah. Okay, cool. But tell me more.
1: You probably know what artificial intelligence is. So it's programming that allows a machine to make decisions based on explicit rules and situations anticipated by the programmer. Like it seems like it's making choices, but it's all based on like a decision tree that someone has programmed into it. Yeah,
0: a little logic engine.
1: Like if the washing machine is this full, I'll put this much water in it. And your washing machine does that for you with like some artificial intelligence. Yeah. Um, And then machine learning is a little bit the next step of that. So you don't have all the possible rules The machine identifies the patterns for itself, and based on the given training data, it can learn how to interpret that pattern. And
0: make new rules if it needs to. Yeah.
1: But the shortcomings of that is that it does poorly with images, audio, or unstructured like qualitative data types.
0: It needs to be functioning within a binary.
1: Yeah. So it does better with numbers and spatial stuff, but not not it can't generate ai art very well it makes like something weird that doesn't look like anything so the deep learning neural networks are a bunch of networks like hooked together in different layers so like different layers of decisions being made to imitate how the human brain works so that's only become possible recently with like technology advancing to the point where we can have that much computing power
0: yeah because that kind of thing would take either days or room-sized computers or whatever. Yeah,
1: those big room-sized computers that, like, overheat and have literal, like, bugs in them messing up things. Mm. It's a layered structure of connections organized together like a human brain. I think I said that already, but just to reiterate.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm going to let Eric Hole explain in his own words... um, what the overfitted brain hypothesis is because i'm not sure i can do it justice and he writes it very nicely like this paper is a great read we're going to link it in uh, the show notes so that you can read it directly if you want to i think it's pretty um approachable cool okay in order to offer forward a distinct theory of the purpose of dreams, this paper outlines the idea that the brains of animals are constantly in danger of overfitting, which is the lack of generalizability, generalizability that occurs in deep neural network when its learning is based too much on one particular data set, and that dreams help mitigate this ubiquitous issue. This is the overfitted brain hypothesis. Okay, so as far as the neural network relates to dreaming. It's known that there is a problem in neural networks called overfitting or overtraining, where the program is too heavily influenced by the training data, like the data they give it to teach it what to do with the actual stuff they want it to analyze. So it gets too focused on the training data and doesn't know how to incorporate stuff that's different.
0: So it becomes overly specialized.
1: Yeah, it becomes overly specialized. And to be useful, it needs to be more generalized and more flexible.
0: That makes sense. But I can kind of see how in a human brain, if you spent your whole life studying only one thing, how your your ability to process other information and do other tasks could be limited. So that yeah. makes sense.
1: When you got a hammer, everything looks like a nail.
0: What a good quote. Yeah. yeah.
1: The way that they try to fix this is they do these things called... Um, noise in it noise injection which is where they put garbage data into the training data so it's doesn't make sense and it's nonsense
0: so kind of like dreams for the neural networks
1: yeah that's kind of where i'm getting to there's also dropout which is select or randomly removing pieces of the data so it's an incomplete data set another thing that we're going to talk about with dreaming Um, So you give the deep neural network corrupted data on purpose during learning to make it more flexible. And Eric Hole is saying that just like the deep neural networks, dreams are what our brains are doing to keep us from getting too focused on the daily repetitive tasks of our normal lives and being able to adapt to different situations.
0: Keeping your brain active and pliable. Neuroplastic.
1: Neuroplastic. Yeah. Good shout out back to our other recent dream yeah, museum. Yeah, and my
0: old use of Lumosity. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, does, is Lumosity still around?
0: I'm sure it is. And I felt like it improved my memory more than it did anything else. But I've
1: also heard that it encourages overfitting because you get used to doing the tests. like You get better at it because you're better at performing those little games.
0: Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And you're, you need to make the games malfunction sometimes or change the rules or have pieces of the games be missing
1: like there was one where you memorize people's faces and their coffee orders or something and they're the same people every single time and i'll tell you it didn't help me remember real people's names one bit
0: have animals or have it be smoothies or
1: (laughs) (laughs) have them show up in different situations but they're always the same and they're always wearing the same clothes and you're like oh the guy with the purple shirt gets this drink so example of overfitting there so like we were saying the brain in your daily life can face similar challenges where you're in a boring environment, you have repetitive work, everything's the same day in and day out. And thinking about it evolutionarily, like lives were probably a lot more boring before we had TV and books and media to consume all the time to give us like randomness and interesting things and new ways of thinking. Noise. Noise, yeah. Or it's just a lot less stimulating too. Yeah. Like, you plowed your field day in, day out, and it always looks the same. Went and
0: prayed, went and looked at birds. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The most exciting thing was like the county dance every year.
0: <laughs> yeah. Going around the Maypole.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Dreams are a way of giving you a bizarre amalgam of real life and real perception, but unusual situations and scenery.
0: I like that, and I kind of like how, if you think of it as being a multifunction kind of thing, because you can – feel like combine this hypothesis with, and I, forgive me because I don't remember the name of the other hypothesis we talked about, but it's the one where dreams are stopping your brain from taking from over. From forgetting your, about your, your visual, visual cortex. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's kind of fun to think about how they could both be working in conjunction to A, keep your brain balanced, but B, keep you... I don't want to say going insane, but keep you but serve other functions. Yeah. and mentally flexible in your day-to-day life, even if your day-to-day life doesn't necessarily require that much mental flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, dreams are fun.
1: Dreams are so fun, and yeah. they're so interesting, and there's so many different ways of looking at them.
0: And this is a paper that, I'm going to loosely call it Genius, wrote in <laughs> 2021, and it's still a hypothesis, and this just came out, and it's...
1: Yeah. And he's going in his paper to validate his own hypothesis. He goes through other hypotheses about the purpose of dreams. And he's kind of disgruntled that people aren't seeing dreams as like the purpose instead of a byproduct. Like everybody's kind of been like, oh, it's just like something that happens because of this other brain activity that's more important. And he says if everybody dreams and if animals dream, why can't dreaming be the important part? Yeah as well as like flushing out your cerebral spinal fluid and stuff yeah (laughs) yeah uh so he said the other theories he mentioned and debated are emotional regulation by freud who is a creep and i don't want to validate anything he says that
0: makes sense but he reminds me of my dad so i like him oh you like freud no i'm just kidding that was a freud joke Oh, yeah, that was okay. a reference to your parents being models for the outside world. OK, cool. yeah. well,
1: I didn't get it. I was just like, if you like Freud, we can't be friends. Yeah.
0: I'm so resentful of Freud that I won't even interpret <laughs> references to his studies.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so he talks about emotional regulation, memory consolidation, selective forgetting, preparing for real world problems, which he like heartily pooh poos because he's like, I don't know what real world problems I am facing in my own dreams, yeah, but they yeah. they're never really come up in my life. Um or predicting the future better, which sounds hokey, but it's like the this was an idea that your brain um is trying to process like everything you've gone through in your day and consolidate it into something that can form a pattern so that you can
0: be ready for the next task or be, obstacle. Yeah. Well, like it kind of ties into the, the trauma response theory where mm-hmm you are your brain's constantly running you through fire drills of things that you might have to deal with in the future.
1: Yeah, it's trying to check like plausible scenarios against real life events that might happen to you and he was saying that um wouldn't your dreams get more boring over time? Like wouldn't it become more and more focused into like more realistic situations and he says that doesn't happen they seem to become more and more bizarre and children have more boring dreams. Interesting. In the paper that he's studied and read he says children don't report as many dreams and also don't report as many interesting dreams
0: that interesting feels like such a subjective thing like have your son listen dad i had this dream like that's a stupid dream but son. like dreams Get that older. are more based
1: on like real life stuff or like they're not actors in their dreams it's kind of just like i saw a rabbit yeah or like i was in my kitchen and And that's really
0: interesting to think about too because we've talked about dreams have changed over time and how the amount of stimulus we get versus like how people used to dream in more of a third person and we dream in a first person way now it's interesting to think about how all these studies are based on old data and the way we dream is going to keep changing and keep changing and keep changing that's weird
1: too like with so much media saturation i wonder if that's what's making our dreams weird because our brain is like We got to get more random. Everything's coming at us from all different sides. Like We got to be prepared for like dragons and (laughs) Lord of the Rings stuff to come at us. That's just what I've been watching lately. Or maybe
0: your brain is smart enough to know that that's just a screen. Or not to prepare, but for. I will say, I've talked to many people, and this doesn't have to me that much, but people that consume media and then have nightmares very specifically related to that (laughs) media. like They see a scary movie, and then that thing hunts them down in the movie, which is interesting.
1: Okay, so I'm going to get back to Eric Hole shortly and then we can go, but...
0: Let's get back to the hole.
1: Let's get back to... Oh, and I didn't mention he's a PhD. I didn't want to like... Dr. Hole, yeah. The reason he thinks that dreams are suited to minimizing overfitting is because of their sparseness. They typically have fewer details than your real world sensations and perceptions. Like textures are less, there's less actual detail for you to see so there's missing information from your dreams um there's also fewer senses like it's unusual to smell in your dreams yeah i have smelled dream in my dreams before but it is remarkably weird
0: yeah i don't think i can think of a time where i've smelled in a dream
1: um i, I had a dream that the um the refrigerator smelled like rotten milk all through the place we work um and everyone was like, yeah, it stinks. And I was like, is anyone going to clean it? And they're like, no.
0: That sounds very tied to reality.
1: <laughs> and I was like, so the, the store reeks of rotten food. Can we fix that? And it's just like, eh, I don't feel like assigning anybody to do that.
0: In this dream that you had, not in real not life. Not in real yeah.
1: life, no. Our, um, the
0: place we work smells great.
1: Yeah. And soon it smells like cinnamon brooms.
0: <laughs> yep. It's, it's that season.
1: <laughs> it's too close to reality. I'm probably going to have to edit that out.
0: It smells like pumpkins.
1: Yeah um so the sparseness they're hallucinatory they're like a weird totally immersive experience um similar to real life so it gives you the sense that you're actually there and they're also narrative in nature and that's to suit the way the brain understands reality
0: Yeah, we do need to force things into narratives and stories. That makes it easier to accept things. And I'm the protagonist, just as you're the protagonist. Yeah,
1: sometimes I'm the protagonist, sometimes I'm just a viewer. But it's usually, there's always a story. Okay, so more support he had for his hypothesis was that you can reliably trigger dreams about real life by doing a a repetitive overtraining of a task. And a new task is best. So I wish I'd been a part of this study where they made you play Tetris for like eight hours straight. Okay. That sounds fun for me. So, And then they asked people to report on their dreams. And so their dreams were not exact replicas of playing Tetris, but Tetris was there in some way or another. Yeah. So that was the brain trying to...
0: Back up on the overfitting. Yeah. Well, that makes sense because I've, I, it wasn't Tetris, but uh, back when I was in the military, I got to go take Arabic for three months at San Diego State. And for, and it was, it was a year's worth of Arabic in three months. So for eight hours a day, I spoke in Arabic, I'd listen to Arabic, and I started to dream in Arabic. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah, and there's very few times in my life where I've been doing the same thing for eight hours a day, but that was one of the few, and it definitely showed up big time.
1: And did you feel like the dreaming made you better at, arabic
0: it made me feel more comfortable in it yeah and i've since i'll have dreams where i speak in foreign languages that i haven't spoken in a while either but yeah that makes a lot of sense this is my in my top hypotheses that we've talked about so far
1: you know just to wrap this all up he says that more um, research needs to be done about the synaptic changes that occur during dreams and after dreams because it's really hard to like find a causal effect for synapses and like neural growth because it's really hard to tell what the brain's doing in dreams most of the time.
0: Yeah. That weird little fleshy electrical storm that's inside your skull is pretty hard to study and fascinating.
1: Oh, oh, there was, that reminds me. There was you just one saw more a thing. footnote on
0: the display that you got to talk about.
1: <laughs> there was one more thing related to that where he talks about children's brains changing how they dream because as you get older your dream the areas that light up when you're dreaming you can dream in places all over your brain but the centers of activity become smaller and more focused as you get older oh, like okay. there's kind of like a dispersed storm across areas of your brain when you're a kid but like they get more concentrated into certain Brain locations as those synapses like get more specialized. Well,
0: because well, when you're a child, the danger of overfitting is much smaller because everything because everything's is new, new all the time. Yeah, so you don't need that specialized lack of data or noise data. And
1: everything seems random. Like you don't have a big model you established. Have 30 years
0: of a baseline. Yeah. Fascinating.
1: Yeah, I thought it was super fascinating. Might be one of this my favorite so exhibits cool.
0: from. Thank you, Dr. Hall. <laughs>
1: Thank, yeah, thanks, Dr. Whole. Also, he has a blog called Intrinsic Perspective where he talks about how AI is probably going to be the death of culture and society.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, you can see it already. Many other topics. Yeah. He has
1: a big, I read the article about AI art being like a scourge upon humanity's greatest achievements.
0: Oh, oh that thing I actively participated <laughs> in? That thing you, that thing you like. Yeah, yeah
1: yeah it's you're part of the problem
0: oh i can see it it's it's (laughs) incredible how it can already replicate and i mean it it is better at doing art than i am so Mm -hmm. how long until it's better at doing art than other people are
1: yeah he scornfully disdains you yeah personally he says uh
0: maybe he's not going to come on the show
1: He says it's like someone commissioning a work of art from an artist and saying, but I'm the real artist because I typed a sentence telling you what to do.
0: Well, in that metaphor, the machine is the, the artist.
1: Yeah, the machine is the artist, but it's but like also a dumb the, randomness. Yeah, I would say
0: it's completely derived off other art that it's gobbled up on the internet.
1: Yeah. It's,
0: all right. All well, right. Before we get in too much into AIR, let's, let's, <laughs> I think my mom's waiting to pick us up out front. So. Oh, great. Yeah.
1: Hope she brought snacks.
0: Capri and Orange is like a soccer game.
1: Yay. All right, bye, away everyone. we go bye everyone
0: thanks for joining us for another episode please get in touch with us at dreamschemerspodcast at gmail.com
1: check out our show notes for links to more info about our topics today
0: give us a listen on spotify apple Podcasts, or at anchor.fm slash dreamschemers
1: You'll hear more from us in two weeks, and we'll see you in, in your dreams. dreams.
0: Don't look at me. I'm just over here trying to think of a funny name for our alternate Deja Vu podcast we're going to start.
2: <laughs> so you have the Dreaming Podcast, the Deja Vu well, Podcast,
1: okay. hammock so the podcast. Hammock Podcast. It'll be a video podcast <laughs> called Deja Vu, and we'll play everything twice.
0: That's pretty good. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're a funny person, <laughs> you're Emma. Your brain
1: is so Wait, quick. You you're funny. You thought of... Um, Let's reload Josh's best jokes. What was that? my best joke today? No, yesterday, that concept you had for a fast food restaurant. Uh,
0: yes, the fast food and brothel called First Serve, First Come. Um, they only do nuggets and hand jobs. We'll probably edit this out, but uh, I'm just saying for fun. <laughs> I'll
2: edit it out if you want. Yeah, to. we can put
0: it in the outtakes, maybe.
2: Genius. Yeah.